O grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, we have a kind of a amazing happening taking place within our Old Testament for today. For people that have fallen away from the Lord, a people that have you know, ceased to do what he asks of them, a people engaging in all sorts of different sins, they come together in repentance. They come to the conclusion our lives are just not working as we're living them. They, they come to the point where they can say, we want the good stuff again. And we're told all of the people in the city, they assemble, they ask for the, the governor to get the high priest to come out and read for them the law once more. And of course, for everyone there, they've been breaking the law in many and various ways. And to hear that law of the Lord, to have it read in public once again, we see that each of them was weeping. For the scripture is indeed clear. We all have sinned. We all have fallen short. And for this group of people, as they heard their many and various sins laid out, that was the response. You might remember in the scripture that they fell upon their faces. They were weeping and they were crying out. That this great repentance taking place. And then in the end, we, we see that this kind of something that perhaps we would not expect rather than the, the priest laying it on even thicker at the end, rather than him saying, you know, this is how it really feels to be miserable when you've sinned and remember this now and go home and keep it in your mind. Rather, he says, rejoice. Go and, and eat the fatted calf. Go and drink the sweet wine. Share with those who don't have it as good as you do. And remember, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Hey, for us within the, the Missouri Synod, this is a, a very important concept as we talk about law and gospel. And we, we want to be able to apply the law to people until they're right at that point. They're falling on their face. They're weeping. They're crying out. They're asking for forgiveness. They're admitting that they've done wrong. And right at that place where they're repenting, where they're weeping and crying, then we come with the balm of the gospel, don't we? That Jesus died for that sin. So that now you can get up off the ground and you can go forward into the future. You can enjoy God's love and forgiveness once again. But of course, we, we see throughout our world today, as of course they, they did in the ancient world, that oftentimes people don't want to come to that point, do they? Oftentimes, people don't want to admit that they've done anything wrong. 
Oftentimes a person, especially in the United States, that has the freedom to turn into any Christian radio station to, to see any kind of Christian programming, you know, piped right into their living room. A lot of times a, a person like that will, will just, you know, let it kind of go past their head, don't they? They'll just say, oh, that's meant for someone else or that was meant for ancient times or, or, or so what? It doesn't apply to me. I don't care what God says. And the, the fact of the matter is, you know, God says some hard things, doesn't he? You know, Paul, in his writings, he talks about knowing the secret of contentment. He says he knows how to be content with little, and he knows how to abound. And of course, what, what is, you know, that, that secret of contentment? It's that I can place my life in God's hands and accept what comes my way. See? I can go to the Lord in prayer and I can say, Lord, I know I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be and I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and would you keep helping me? See, for Paul, that secret took him through prison, didn't it? And for Paul, that took him on various missionary journeys. For Paul, that enabled him to get back up again when the people in one city had seized him, taken him outside of town, thrown rocks at him until they thought he was dead and just left him lying there. Now, hopefully in your lifetime, you've never experienced that kind of a, a betrayal. But yet, as I'm speaking today, maybe in some sense, you can say, I, I have, I've been there. I, I've been right where Paul was, you know, laying in a field, wondering how I was going to get back up again, wondering how I was going to continue my life. And Paul says, you know, the secret that I have is that I knew I was exactly where God wanted me. And I was doing exactly what God wanted me to do. Now, certainly those people sinned, didn't they? No, certainly those people throwing rocks at, at Paul and, and trying to end his life, they were sinning against him. But Paul was able to say, you know what? That's not a part of me. That, that was them. I was in the town God wanted me to be in. And I was preaching the gospel as God wanted it proclaimed. And God helped me get back up again and recover from my injuries and go out into the world and continue to tell people about Jesus, you see. Paul found he could be content. Now, oftentimes in Paul's ministry, he had to work a, a second job. And, you know, he kind of knew how to fish and he probably knew a little bit about being a carpenter and, you know, he knew how to, you know, do the, these uh, various 
other things, and you know, he, he felt that that was kind of essential for him as a, a pastor. You know, because he didn't want to be such a burden on the congregations where he served, and so he, you know, would go and work in in these various places. Can can you kind of imagine that that maybe these these weren't you know the the prime jobs in the communities? Yeah, maybe. Now, you know, there's this wandering stranger that walks into town and we say, oh, yeah, you can be like the lieutenant governor. Sure, you can, you know, have oversight of the treasury of our community. Oh, yeah, random stranger. Yeah, we would love for you to have kind of a a high-ranking job with lots of honor and prestige. But no, you know, there's Paul coming to a new community and he's mending, you know, fishing nets. No, I mean, maybe you say, well, I, I wouldn't mind that at all. That'd be fun. But, you know, maybe you can say, you know, day after day. You know, I, I think after that initial training period where, you know, they're saying, wow, this is something new and I can learn this skill and, and I can, you know, know how to, to mend a fishing net. And now, you know, it's the second week and I'm kind of saying, I'm kind of bored Mending fishing nets, you know, come on. I'm supposed to be like God's right-hand guy. Mending this stupid net, what's going on here? Right? It frustrated. And Paul says again, I knew I was exactly where I was supposed to be, doing exactly what God wanted me to do because I was in God's hand. The secret of contentment. This is a, a little sidelight today that I'm, you know, kind of, kind of picking on because I, I think, you know, every one of us has maybe experienced that, haven't we? And, and yeah, you know, it's partly our society, you know, that we, we, we want to excel or, you know, our, our mom and dad, you know, they, they came along and, and they said, oh, you know, you, you're going to be a, a doctor someday. Right? Mom and dad said that. And, and then it didn't quite happen, and it well, didn't quite happen in, in college, and maybe you didn't quite have the grades, or you couldn't even go to college. And, you know, you're getting into a little bit later on in life, and, and you're saying to yourself, I really want something different. And when you really want something different, it destroys contentment, doesn't it? You see? You know, the, the divorce rate within our country is, you know, over 50%. Well, why is that? It's because within relationships, you know, contentment is destroyed. Right? We, we, we like to be proud of, of our, our spouse. We like to be proud of, of one another. And, you know, my, my spouse did this thing that's kind of embarrassing, uh, now I'm embarrassed, right? I, I, I want to be proud of, of my, my husband, my wife, but they've embarrassed me. Now they're, they're not quite what I wanted. They're not quite making it. 
you know, maybe I should go and get a divorce now because I'm not content in my relationship. And yet the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he, he went and, and he said, you know what? A man will leave his father and his mother and cleave to his wife and they will become one. See, they are no longer two, but they're one. Uh, again, what happens often in our society, right? The, the, the man, the, 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 the woman, Right? They're, they're discontent. They go back to mom and dad. Oh, mom and dad will understand. Mom and dad will give me words of encouragement. Mom and dad will say to me, oh, that person you married, they just weren't worthy of you, you see. Oh, certainly you need to go find someone better, you see. They didn't leave. They didn't cleave. They became discontent. And their relationship then becomes destroyed. And it's the same really in, in any other aspect of our lives, isn't it? Where, you know, I can have a lot of good things and, and I can have a wonderful spouse and I can have wonderful children and I can have my two cars in the garage and I can have a nice place to live. But still, if I'm not content with my job, it begins to spill over into all other aspects of my life, doesn't it? I have to come home, I have to complain about my boss, I have to complain about my co-workers, I have to complain about, you know, this and that. My family has to listen to that. They have to put up with me. And guess what? If, if I'm not really content with a big area of my life like my job, it's pretty easy for me to not be content with my husband or my wife, isn't it? It's very easy for me to not be content with my own children. And then I wonder, why do my children never come home to visit me? It's because they were never quite good enough. I kept letting them know they weren't quite good enough. And now they don't really want to hang out with me anymore. So I, I, I could never achieve Contentment. I could never be happy with the things that I had. And, and guess what? That means that you're going to lose the things that you do have, doesn't it? That is just what I was talking about. Right, yeah, you know, there's going to be little nagging things in our, our life at, at times, isn't it? I'm not saying when your toilet springs a leak, you should just let it go and flood your house and say, oh, well, okay, that, that's not the point either. But the, the point is that in, you know, especially these large areas of our lives, especially within our, our jobs, perhaps especially within our careers, especially within our primary relationships, we need to be able to find contentment, don't we? Because if we can't, then we're just becoming kind of bitter people. We're just kind of angry. And it spills over into other areas and begins to wreck them as well, doesn't it? 
Again, what, what is the, the basis? What is the foundation? It's to be able to, to be like Paul and say, I am the Lord. The Lord has brought me to this place, wherever that place is. The Lord has given me a, a husband, a, a wife, children, friends that, that surround me, co-workers, given me a, a boss. Of course, those people aren't perfect, right? We all have sinned. We all have fallen short. They're, they're not, not all, all perfect. Some of them are close, I hope. I hope for many of you in, in aspects of your life that you know some of the people around you, they're, they're pretty close. <laughs> They do a lot of things well, but you know, if, if you're picky, you see, you can find the flaws, can't you? I know I've used this example before, but you can think of it. You know, I, I, I go to a party and, and my eyes are like a camera, aren't they? And, and so here, here I am and I, I'm at the, the, this party and I'm, I'm walking around and what is my experience of the party? It's really what my eyes focus on, isn't it? Because I, I can go to the, the party and I can say, wow, you know, they, they mowed their lawn and it's nice and green. And, you know, the, the host, the hostess, they greeted me at the front door. You know, they, they welcomed me in. They had some of my favorite beverages there that they, they served me. There was lots of good food in this buffet. Right? I saw some of my friends and, and we talked. And, and it was really a pleasant experience. And that was maybe the best party I ever went to. Right? That, that could be your, your conclusion at the end, Right? Now, on the other hand, you could go to this same party and you could say, you know what, I had a park a quarter mile away down the street. And I had a walk in the hot sun all the way there. And, and you know what, the, the host and hostess came out to greet me, but it didn't really seem genuine. And yeah, they gave me a drink that was okay. And yeah, there was a, a lot of food there. But, you know, it just wasn't quite up to my standard, you see. And I, I walked out back, and there were some people getting drunk in the back. And, oh, and then so and I, I walked back to my car. And, and you know what? A bird had pooped on my car. And so I went home. And it was the worst party ever. And I say that the person that, that has contentment, the person that kind of has the, the joy of the Lord in their life, they can be like that first person, can't they? And yeah, maybe I had to walk a, a quarter mile to get to the, the party, but I didn't even notice because it, it was a nice day. And when the people greeted me at the front door, I took them at their word. I didn't say, oh, you know, they, they seemed, you know, to not really mean it. And, and there was some good food and, and drink there. And, and I can enjoy that if I have, you know, the joy of the Lord in my heart. But if that, that's not there, then it's just like, oh, it was okay. 
And I, I, I got back at, at the end. I had to walk back to my car. And, you know, oh, the bird pooped on my car. That ruined it. It was like the top ruining thing that happened. And the other guy just went through the car wash on the way home and washed it off, you know. But we, we see this difference in attitude and how can we achieve it? How can we have the kind of life? How can we have that joy of the Lord as our strength? It's by being able to look with the eyes to, to have the camera of that first individual, isn't it? That we can see the positive thing. That we can look for the things that are going well. That we can give thanks to our Lord and God. That we can say each and every day, I am where God put me. See, I am doing the things God has given me to do to the best of my abilities. I am serving where I am. I still kind of remember when I graduated from high school, my, my Aunt Ellen and my Uncle Larry, um, they, they gave me a, a, a little key fob. And it was a, a leather key fob and, you know, has a little steel ring in it. And on the, the key fob was printed, Bloom where you are planted. Let's see. The, the Lord is the gardener, right? He's planted us in many and various, you know, different ways, hasn't he? And for the, the most part, we, we really can't control that, can we? You know, yeah, we could maybe make some, some big plans and, you know, we could maybe try to upend our, our life. But, you know, for, for most of us here today, right, we're, we're kind of where we're going to be, aren't we? Can't really change it. But what can we do? We can bloom right where we are. See? We can bloom in the places where we come to say, God has brought me here. God has placed me here. God has given to me these various friends, associates, co-workers, people that I'm in contact with on a day-to-day basis. Lord, how can I do it better? See? And the, the Lord, he loves that question, doesn't he? Because he, he loves it when we can finally come to that place where we, you know, we, we fall on the ground and we have tears in our eyes and we say, Lord, I have blown it here. Lord, I, I, I wasn't content in, in my relationships or Lord, I wasn't content in the, the job you gave me to do or, or, or Lord, I, I wasn't content with my, my kids and, and now they want nothing to do with me. Lord, how can I do it better? 
And dear friends, the Lord has wonderful news for you today. He says, get up. Eat the fat. Drink the sweet wine. Go share with those that don't have quite what you have. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And so we get up once again today, don't we? Remembering that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, died upon the cross so our sin could be forgiven. Trusting in the love that God has for us, that we are indeed planted where God intended for us to be. Trusting in his promises and knowing his will we too can get up once again, having heard the law of the Lord. And we can say, Lord, I'm yours. And Lord, I'm happy to be where you sent me. And Lord, I'm happy to do the things you've given me to do. And Lord, I will do them to the best of my ability, will you help me? And he does. And he will. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen. Amen.